Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. My name is Krista Williams and I am so glad you're here. I am sans bestie today, my best friend and co-host, Lindsay Simsick. It is just me. We're doing a solo episode. We are talking about walls versus boundaries, baby. We are talking about something that I know deeply and intimately. I have been on both sides of the boundary and wall conversation as someone that has put up boundaries successfully, unsuccessfully, and I've put up walls, well, successfully, but it's an unsuccessful tactic. So I've done both. And in our solo episodes, we like to dig into any of the teachings that we're really into, anything we're noticing, anything that's really been helpful for our lives that we're hopeful we could help you with as well. So almost 30. You don't need to be 30 to listen. We've been around for about six years now. We are a brand and community. We have courses and programs, a membership, events, all of the things, but we are here to support you in your conscious evolution. We are here to support your process of ascension on earth, of your growth. And that is my mission. That is why I'm here. And I really love doing these solos. I've really loved the empath work that I've been digging into. And this conversation feels so close to home. It feels like one of those that I have just been jazzed about. I've actually recorded this episode a few times, which is not like me at all. And I just have felt like I really want to get it right, as right as I can. I really want to speak from my heart. And I think it's a really important conversation and distinction. And I know how psyched and jazzed everyone is about boundaries. I feel like everyone is like boundary happy. Insta therapy world is so jazzed about boundaries. Everyone's like boundaries, boundaries. And so when I come in with a little bit of a different perspective, I'm always mindful of what I'm saying. And I'm always trying to just put a little offering for you to think about the ways in which your boundaries could actually be walls that are a defense mechanism that are really a reaction to something that essentially limits you and your growth and your ability to be intimate with people. Okay. I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app. Um, superhuman. I have been doing these superhuman activations every single morning for the last three weeks. Let me just tell you, I kind of fell off of my game after I had the baby. Most of my time and energy was going to him still is, but I have been able to carve out time in the morning before I get into the swing with him. And I've been doing these activations. I do a lot of the shorter ones because I don't have a ton of time, but let me just say, this is new. Like this is a new type of audio that, um, are super energizing and really specifically designed to transform you into your future self. So I know a lot of us want to manifest things. I know a lot of us are thinking about planning for the future. Um, but a lot of us feel stuck. And so I've just felt like this has unstuck me in just the most beautiful way. So I've been doing a lot of their pep talks. I've been doing some of their writing activations. Uh, this morning I did the three morning questions. It was a seven minute, really vibey writing activation that I love. So I had my journal out. Um, yesterday I did a pep talk, uh, about tackling procrastination. There's a part of me that procrastinates quite a bit. So I'm just I love this. I love this. There's going to be an activation for you for this moment, for this day. Uh, it's incredibly supportive. So 
we actually interviewed Mimi Bouchard, the founder, not too long ago. Check out that interview. Uh, and we have a sample of one of the activations on our feed. So you can check that out as well. It's way easier to implement into your routine and far more effective than any other audio app out there. I've just noticed that I'm doing it much more consistently. So please don't miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts. On top of the 14-day free trial, get over 60% off your subscription for a limited time only at activation.com slash almost 30. Literally, there is no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money-back guarantee. The offer is only available through their website, not on the app store. So that's activations.com slash almost 30 for 60% off. It expires soon. I am juggling quite a bit lately. I have a new baby, um, six months in, and uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health routine is on point, then everything runs smoothly. And one huge piece of that routine is my supplementation. And Symbiotica has just always been a constant in my routine. Uh, if you haven't heard of Symbiotica, they're a health and wellness company that does everything with intention. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like I know them. <laughs> Shervine has been on the podcast many times. I just have seen how passionate, how incredibly intelligent, how dedicated he is to creating products uh, that are clean, plant-based, uh, without toxic or harmful chemicals, which we need more of that in the world. Um, so let me just run you through what I'm taking. Um, I take the vitamin D3 K2. It's the liposomal form. I just squirt 12 little pumps in my mouth every single morning. I also take their B12. Um, I'm also obsessed with the liposomal vitamin C. I have these little packets whether it's winter or whatever season, it's obviously great for immunity, but it also um, is amazing because it has biotin, one of nature's most beautifying ingredients. Uh, so I've seen an improvement in my skin, hair, and nail growth as well. I do have mom brain, um, but I'm doing my best to just support my brain health in any way. So for brain health, focus, and memory, I really love taking their liposomal magnesium L-threonate. Um, it's an innovative form of magnesium that is able to cross the blood-brain barrier. It supports brain health, mood, immune system function, and overall well-being. It's incredible and tastes amazing. It's like this yummy vanilla cream flavor. That's the thing with uh, Symbiotica products. They taste unbelievable. So it really makes taking all of these supplements so easy, so yummy. And I actually look forward to it. So if you want to give Symbiotica a try, there is no better time right now is the time. Symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Use our code almost 30, 20% off site wide. So major. And then when you bundle and subscribe, which I highly recommend because you never want to run out of anything, uh, you're going to get an extra discount. So just do it up. Symbiotica.com and use the code almost 30 for 20% off site wide. So this was sparked because of a post that I put up about boundaries and walls when I just had to download one day about the ways in which I was operating my relationships. So I said, boundaries are powerful. They've changed my life. My first boundaries, I didn't know were boundaries, but I created them in college with a family member. I needed it for where I was. Individuation is important. But whenever I see something really pick up in the collective, I'm always watching the subtle energies of it. 
So that basically means that whenever I notice a trend happening on social media or online, I'm always just kind of picking up on the subtle energies of what the truth of what it is. I said, I've noticed that at times I thought the solution was boundaries, but in actuality, I was really just putting up walls, not allowing growth, nuance, vulnerability, conversation, and exploration. Sometimes we put up boundaries with the people we love when we get triggered or scared. In 2022, I got clear on who has access to me in a real intimate relationship way, meaning we are allowed to be in process in real time and we allow things to come up to be seen. We don't judge how we feel about ourselves to work through things in real time. Most importantly, I keep my heart open. I allow myself to feel the pain and heartbreak of being let down, of being angry, and of being in relationship. People cannot be in relationship with your walls. Again, boundaries are powerful and subtle and needed, but so is softness and messy open-heartedness. So this was inspired by the journey I've been on in my life to have deep and real intimacy in my relationships. And for me, deep and real intimacy happens in the moments where we are messy, where we are in process. And from an internal family systems perspective, it's when the parts of us, the aspects of us come out that might be in the shadow, that might be parts of us that we're not proud of, that we don't love, that we don't recognize, that we have shame around, that we have guilt around. And these are the parts of us that are in need of the most healing and can have the most healing in relationships. So when we have this situation where we're in relationships with people, but we're only putting up this front of perfection of this is who I am. I'm perfectly processed you know, almost gaslighting ourselves to not allow ourselves to feel or experience emotions or feelings. And we're just like, I am processed. That is fine. All things are good. I wanted to have people in my life that I could be like, that doesn't work for me. I'm kind of triggered by that. Or I'm feeling this way. I know this isn't right, but this is sort of what's coming up for me. A part of me feels like this. There's a part of me that's experiencing this and really allows them to be engaged with me in the process of exploration of the parts of me that are activated and who I am. I am someone that is deeply wall-having and boundary-having at the same time. I am someone that many people feel intimately close to, but I feel intimately close to very little people. (laughs) And I'm saying that knowing that's a control mechanism, okay? I know that is a part of me that is looking to control, but it's a part of me and it's who I am. And it's um, something I'm working on. I want to be able to be more intimate with people. So the difference between walls and boundaries that I want to go into, because I think when everyone's so excited talking about boundaries, they're like, this is how you set boundaries. Like, let's do it. I want to make sure that I'm speaking to what they are and we're understanding sort of the context to which I'm arriving at them. So I understand boundaries as something that really help us to communicate what we want in relationships and they're flexible. I think they should be flexible unless we're talking about like a sexual consent perspective. And I think just so you know, during this whole conversation, I'm not talking about something like that. I'm only talking about relational type of boundaries where we're looking at like work communication, nothing related to something that should not be flexible. They're created in the context of dialogue. So I believe that boundaries should really be created in the context of dialogue. They help us maintain healthy relationships with ourselves, with others. And they really allow for an honest disclosure of feelings and a respect of emotions for everyone. I think it's really important that boundaries really respect the relationships and the people that are in them so that everyone understands sort of what's going on, the needs that you have, 
the needs that I have, how can we come to a mutual understanding of those so that we can be in healthy relationship with one another? And boundaries are really created out of this decision to create a new scenario. So a lot of times what's happening in the collective is where we're getting to this point where we're having these excited conversations about boundaries. And I'm not sure that we're going to be creating something different if we're not able to understand, take responsibility for, and create a new situation or scenario, but instead we're just blocking or putting up walls and then sort of playing victim martyr. So boundaries in truth, from my perspective, require honesty, they require vulnerability, and they require bravery and make changes that are everlasting. Boundaries require you to have self-worth. They require you to have confidence. They require you to have a self-awareness and an understanding of how you're engaging and interacting with people. And again, I think they're very, very important. I think boundaries are really a process in this conversation that we have with others. They really help people get to know you more. So when you're in communication and in truth and speaking to people about boundaries, they help people understand you. It shouldn't be something that people are understanding you less or confused more or having questions when you have boundaries. They help you people understand what your triggers are because you could communicate your triggers what wounds you potentially have, and they really are a true gesture towards connection and intimacy. So if I'm saying, you know, it actually really triggers me that, you know, you go out and at night and you don't call. There were situations in relationships in my life where, you know, someone was unfaithful to me and they would go out and they wouldn't call. So it really triggers something in, in me. I would really appreciate if you would take the time to call me before bed or just check in so that I can feel good about the situation that you're in and I can just build more trust and intimacy in our relationship. I know that you're not doing anything wrong, but I would really appreciate that. So in that scenario, which isn't real for my life, just so you know, (laughs) just so you know, in that scenario, that's like real for my college life, but not now, okay? So in that scenario, we are being honest about our needs. I need you to call me before you you leave, or I need you to call me before you get to bed. I'm being honest about the trigger. It triggers something in me because of this wound that I have, because of this scenario. And I'm asking for you to do this. And I'm really appreciating if you do that. So we're really letting someone in on that conversation where it's like the person's then understanding this isn't really about me, but I'm going to support them in their healing because they've clearly communicated what they need from me. And I think that's a really important part of the process is when we're putting up walls, it's in reaction and it's actually about our response to the other person. But when we have healthy boundaries, we know that it's actually not in response. It's the way that we're existing and living is from a boundary perspective where it's clear what works for us and what doesn't. And we're able to really communicate that from a non-unregulated nervous system place. Again, boundaries are a process. They're a conversation and we continue to navigate them with other people. It might be a conversation you need to have with your boss where you're like, hey, you know, I know that I've worked late for most of my time working here and it's been something that I've really enjoyed doing. But at this point in time in my life, I'm really wanting to spend more time in my family and that's become more of a priority. I would love to potentially do earlier mornings or get more work done during my lunch break. You know, how does that sound? So it's like letting people in and navigating the journey of your life with different types of boundaries. So when we talk about walls, you know, what is a wall? Walls really prohibit intimacy. 
over anything. They arise when we are angry or triggered. They arise during conflict. Walls, importantly, and this is why I'm so obsessed with it, is because they create this martyr. They create the victim who is required to act. And I see this all the time with my dear friends that are dating. I will see this so often where everything's peachy, everything's great in the relationship, all is well. And then he doesn't call, he doesn't text, something happens. And then all of a sudden it is like, yeah, I need to put a boundary up. You know, then the boundary happens in reaction to the feeling of disrespect, the feeling of potential abandonment. And it's not actually a boundary that has been existing before the situation or communicated before the situation. And it's actually a closing of the heart. So what's happening is you're essentially scared and you're closing the heart and it requires the victim. So in this situation, the victim needs to create the boundary and act. I see this all the time in the work world where people allow themselves to hit burnout or allow themselves to get pushed to the limit where then they have to reactionary put up a boundary as a victim or martyr. And this is why I think it's so interesting in the social media space. And I think it's so interesting how the conversation around narcissism is so relevant or the conversation around narcissism is so popular right now. And then boundaries are so popular right now too, because in both situations, everyone knows a narcissist, everyone else is a narcissist, everyone dated a narcissist, but no one is the narcissist. And then in this case, everyone needs to put up boundaries, but no one needs to be in receipt of them. And that was the one thing that really made me want to do this episode. So I had someone put a boundary for us. It was, it was actually a wall. You guys, it was actually a wall. <laughs> so there was a boundary that was placed in quotes between me and in a relationship that I have. And I was like, huh, okay, a boundary is happening. Like what's going on? And so there's the part of me that is like, first of all, it was a, there was no explanation. One, there was no conversation. There was no dialogue, just boundary. So that's how I know it's a wall because I was left feeling confused and I was left feeling like I'm not really sure the bounds of our relationship or what is okay and what is not now because this wall has been put up in reaction to something that happened. So there was a reaction to something that happened, but whatever. I was like, you know what? I want to accept this boundary in peace. I want to just rock on and accept this boundary. I want to be a little boundary boss like Terry Cole. And so I was Googling, I'm like, how, I was like, how to accept a boundary? And there's literally three articles. I'm, there's maybe less. There is no information online about how to receive a boundary, but yet there is tons of articles and information about how to set a boundary with people and how important boundaries are and how everyone needs to have them and everyone needs to put boundaries up but there's no information about how to receive a boundary. You guys can Google search it. Send me the info if you find it. I was like, huh. So everyone is putting up boundaries, but no one's receiving them. Again, the narcissist thing where I'm like, everyone else is a narcissist, but no one's a narcissist. Like that kind of thing within our world that just keeps us in this perpetual victimhood and martyrdom and love and intimacy is dangerous and, you know, all of that. So with walls, it's really anxiety inducing or anxiety is developed and then there needs to be a reaction to it. There's a fear. There's a focus really on the past or the future. So it's like, they're never going to do that to me again. You know, I have a boundary where I do not accept calls past 11 p.m. 
or they're never going to, you know, that's never going to happen again in the future. I'm never going to be staying late for work or you can never ask me about that stuff again. It's like more so past and future. Like you did this thing and now in the future you cannot. Do we see that? So there's little regard to the present moment and the current emotion. So the present moment, really what's happening in a lot of the situations is, ooh, I'm feeling scared or I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling triggered. I'm feeling abandoned. I'm feeling grief. And this current situation, the present moment, because of what happened, I'm feeling these feelings. It is a almost gaslighting of the feelings and a immediately defense mechanism to either the present or the past or future. So this is really a reactive construct that people do stemming from pain or loneliness or grief, all of these feelings. Walls really cut us off from important healthy connection. They cut us off from communicating and sharing our feelings. This is a lot, especially in dating. You know, when someone does something we don't like and it's like the first time we're scared, the walls go up and we like are like stonewalling people. We're not responding. We're ghosting. We are avoiding. We are not telling them about what's going on in our heads or in our bodies or in our minds and our hearts. And we're not letting them in on the process. And so we're really building up these walls so that we're not in real connection with anyone. This episode is brought to you by Better Help. Oh, therapy, y'all. I don't know. I just, I don't know what I did before therapy, to be completely honest with you. I think I was kind of a mess, but you know, found it when I was meant to, but I have been going to therapy for about six years now, which is so crazy. So crazy, but it has changed my life and I will continue to invest in therapy for as long as I can. I feel like it has totally, totally made my relationships better, made my career better. I am a better mom. I am a better wife. I'm a better friend. I'm a better daughter and sister. Y'all, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do, this is it. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you get matched and you're like, eh, not quite a fit, they make it easy and it's free to change. But I've had a lot of friends try BetterHelp and love it. So I really, really encourage you to start therapy. It's been the best decision I've ever made for myself. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash almost 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash almost 30. Essentially, walls happen when we are deeply trying to control something. So it's happening when we're trying to control. This happened. I am hurt. I am scared. I am never letting that happen again. This is my boundary. This will not happen again. So that is when a wall is when it's in reaction to something and we're not communicating or letting people in on the process. I had this situation to talk about control and intimacy and walls where I went to see a new healer. So in my work and in my job, I am, you know, engaged in interacting with multiple healers and teachers and mentors and all these things. So this was a new healer recommended by someone. And as soon as we met, I was like, hmm, 
no, no. <laughs> so we met and I am, I'm a hard, I'm a hard one to crack. As much as you guys have access to my intimate thoughts and feelings, if we're really coming down to it, it is Boundaryville, USA, discern town population me. And I am really mindful about who I share information with that is true and intimate and in process, which I actually love that about myself. But there can be times where it's actually not serving me in my connections. But I met with this healer and I'm very specific in the way that I like to be um, listened to or tended to or held. And she wasn't making eye contact. She kept moving around. She kept like touching me, like putting a blanket on me and like checking things and like checking on the blinds and moving. And every time she'd ask a question, she would essentially get up or move her body or kind of break eye contact or connection when I would answer. So for me, that body language doesn't work for me to open up or for me to feel like I'm being held or seen or heard. For someone else, it could. There was also the comment of, you know, I want you to know that this is a safe space. This is a safe space. I'm not going to tell anyone anything that you share with me. And that for me, y'all, is a red flag because I decide if this is a safe space. Truly, I am the one that decides if this is a safe space or not. And if someone tells me this is a safe space, I'm like, you are not deciding. (laughs) Like, this is my choice if this is safe or not. So I was just like, all right, I'm out. So I'm out for good reason and in the process. But then I had this thought after where I was reflecting on the situation and scenario. And I was like, wow, there's a part of me that so deeply wants to protect myself from being intimate or being seen or being held or receiving that will find any excuse to prevent that from happening. So there's the truth. I made the choice to not really open up and share And that was the right choice. But then there's also the other truth of, I tend to do that in situations with healers and people and whoever. I tend to consistently try and find reasons to not open up, to not connect, to not share my truth, to not let my walls down, to not open up. So there's the part of me that's like, hmm, I am not going to be intimate with this person. I am feeling frustrated and I was feeling like a victim. I'm like, this lady is asking me questions and she's not even listening to me. And I felt anxious. I was like, God, get me the fuck out of here. I was like, get me out of here. This is torture. And I created it in response. So I had normal discerning boundaries of, you know, let's be curious. But then the walls came up, baby, in reaction to what I perceive as ways in which she was not supporting or holding me. So not that I'm saying I would have done anything different. Nuance here is the name of the game. But I did notice a part of me that loves to put up walls and loves to tell myself that, yeah, no one's really going to care about what I have to say or who I am or you know, being there for me or holding me in the right way. And no one really listens to me. So two truths. And Walls can show up for me in situations like that. So whether it's that or whether it's in relationships, walls show up in all sorts of ways. You know, some of them may seem like boundaries for people, but really there are ways we protect ourselves from people knowing the real us. So in that case specifically, I was protecting her from ever knowing the real me. And I had that thought too, where I was like, you know what? 
I'm glad that I did that. And I'm glad that I protected myself. But I was like, huh, if I had no shame or guilt about what I was going through at this time. And me, much like potentially you, am going through one of the biggest transformations in my entire life. I'm like, if I had no shame and I had no expectation of a response from the person I'm sharing to, would I need to protect myself? So I had that thought too. Who knows? But really, walls are coping mechanisms. We learned in childhood. So good old childhood coming back with those coping mechanisms as walls to deal with either bullying or abuse or really feeling like we weren't meeting the expectations of those around us. It could be a lot of different ways that we develop them in childhood. A boundary is really this barrier that is more flexible. It should be porous. It's almost like a psychic boundary and allows safe people into our hearts and lives. So we can determine who is safe or who is allowed to have access to us in this boundaried way or not. And boundaries allow us to deeply know and then also deeply be known. And that's really important because I think for a lot of you listening, I can imagine you deeply know, but maybe you aren't deeply known. And that for me was something where I wanted to commit to people that I love deeply knowing me. And that means the messy parts of me. That means the shadow parts of me. That means the in-process parts of me. And that means the parts of me that, you know, usually I'd be like, ooh, that's shameful that I think that. Or that's like, ooh, it's kind of sticky. I want people to really know all parts of me. Walls, on the other hand, are impenetrable. So when we, you know, as an example, me in that healing situation, (laughs) no, no, impenetrable. And she even said, she's like, wow, you really, you got some boundaries. I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Yes, I do. They're there for a reason, honey. Impenetrable. And you almost feel bad in that situation where I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, we're done. It was a wall. It was a wall. Because a boundary would be like, And if I was to move it to more of like a communicative boundary, I could have been, hey, you know, when I'm sharing something that feels really open and honest, like I would love to make this session worthwhile for both of us. And I would love to open up to you and I would love to have a deep healing. And in order to do that, what's required for me to feel safe and to feel held is for you to sit still and for you to make eye contact with me and for you to really be with me energetically and have that heart coherence. Do you think that's something that would work for you? Do you think that's something that you could do? I'm not sure if you're open to feedback. So that could be an example of communication of boundaries rather than me just putting up a wall like a five-year-old and wasting everyone's time. (laughs) Because when we put up a wall, it really prevents us from knowing others and prevents us from being to be known. So she wasn't going to know me. I really wasn't going to know her. Behaviors associated with walls could be something like over-talking, giving someone the silent treatment, which is sort of what I was doing, explosions, anger, fear, isolation, victim, martyrhood. Um, And it really isolates people from, from us and from our heart. If I could describe it in any way, in the simplest terms, it is a closed heart. So a boundary is a open heart. It is with the desire and hope that this will bring and breed intimacy and closeness. And a wall is a closed heart. So how can we stay in a beautiful open heart? And I see all the time when people are in reaction to people because they're heartbroken, they will put a boundary, they will put up walls and call them boundaries and then close their hearts. 
And you can only be intimate with people with, you know, an open heart. So when we really look at the two, again, boundaries are created out of a decision to create something different. They're created out of conversation. It's honest, it's vulnerable, and it's brave to make these changes for good. And emotional walls are really a defense mechanism. So they're a reaction to something that makes you fearful or limits yourself. And I've said this, you know, before, but I don't believe that most of us really know what boundaries are and how to put them into practice. It's very nuanced and it takes a lot of communication. It takes a very expert level of openness and communication and vulnerability. And I think we often confuse defensive strategies for the boundaries. And these defensive strategies really are an attempt to exert power, control, or influence over another's behavior and experiences so that we might not feel so fearful and insecure. And the fear and insecurity can happen when there's conflict in relationships, when two people have different needs, or when there's separation or with intimacy. And I think it's a really important point to think about the differing needs in relationships. And when two people are two separated beings that have their own unique essence and experience and have their own set of opinions and circumstances, and aren't energy matching or aren't just going along with whatever anyone else says or aren't in relationships where they feel safe because the other person thinks like them, there is going to be a little bit of a static between people who have differing needs and who are enough of themselves to communicate them. That's healthy. So when two people are true to individuals, there will be a static or there will be a friction at times when two people are communicating their needs. And in boundaries, these really are a process and a conversation we continue to navigate with others. And I think the communication part is what's so important. And I did a little study (laughs) a few weeks ago, and I watched a few episodes of The Hills, which is not where you thought this conversation was going, but let's do it. And I was blown away that no one was saying anything and no conversations were being had. It was like, only the boundaries were being discussed where it's like, this doesn't work. It was like so much psychic conversation was happening between people or the conversations with their girlfriends or the guys. And then they would come and just set the boundaries or have the reaction or have like the electric fence necessary. And there was no actual communication about any feeling, emotion, process, trigger, wound, need, or anything. It was just self-protection and walls. And I was like, oh my God. And it did remind me of how boundaries are so nuanced and boundaries do require an investment in the relationship and conversation. And if others really trigger our defensive strategies and we find ourselves feeling like we want to put up a wall, we often punish them by being self-protective. We punish them by blaming them. We have this reaction where they are the bad guy and we are the victim. And in Conscious Loving, a book by Gay and Kathleen Hendricks, it talks a lot about relationships and it talks about conflict in relationships and that most conflict in relationships is two people that are seeking to be the bigger victim. So if we think about our relationships, our romantic relationships in this case, and how when we fight, we're usually looking for the other person to apologize to us so we can claim the victim role. And we can manipulate people. We can do all the things to be the bigger victim. So in this case, again, we are claiming the victim role and the other person has done something wrong. So there's no way to connect with these defenses because they really rely on 
blame and projection. And these defense strategies really cause us to perceive others existing and being a certain way around us as an offense or threat. And I think that's huge. There was a situation um, in a work situation where there was someone that we worked with that would overwork, would work beyond their scope, would work beyond their hours, would work beyond what they were required to do continuously. And then they would find themselves burnt out. They would find themselves overworked. And then they would self-protect. And then they would blame me in this situation (laughs) and react. And where from the perspective of, if I'm being honest, the perspective of me, I had no idea that there was overworking happening or over someone was going over their hours or their scope. So I'm confused because I'm like, what's going on? I have no idea. We're in a remote work situation. I have no idea how much time this is working, how much you're overworking. But this person then is in the position where they are self-protecting because they burnt themselves out. And then they're blaming me in this case for their burnout. And then we're sort of in a situation where they're the victim. I'm sort of the perpetrator and we're not really sure where to go. And in a better scenario, if both people, you know, I'll take responsibility too. If I'm able to check in more frequently and say, Hey, how's your workload? Are you working? I just want to make sure that you're working only your hours, not over time. And that we're on the same page with what your deliverables are. And then they could also say, you know, Hey, I'm really noticing myself with this desire to overwork because I care about this job a lot. And I'm really wanting your support in lightening my workload so that I don't do that. So that would be the route instead of going, hey, I'm burnt out. You know, I've got to protect my boundaries. I've got to do these things where it's the electric fence boundaries. It's the reactionary boundaries where there's a victim and perpetrator and not the conversational boundaries or it's the wall. So I really feel like people are now creating boundaries as a way to resolve their own anxiety or fear of having an open heart. And they do it in attempt to control or manipulate other people so that they can make sure that they're doing just as they say. So I am putting up this reactionary wall because you have done something that hurt me or scared me. And I'm not having self-inquiry to my trigger, to my wound. And I'm not having the courage to have a conversation, but I'm just reacting with the wall and the closed heart. And we can often try to manipulate people by not having clear communication, open communication of the boundary or of the way we're feeling. So we really have this tendency to always look outwardly, to really say, you know, this person needs to do this. They need to do that. They need to come at me like this. They need to say this and not take responsibility for our role in things. This is my whole MO is how can I take responsibility for my role in everything? And in a weird way, I will say the reason why I'm always looking for my role in everything is not only because I'm a co-creator with the universe and my creativity is creating with God, but it's also a weird way that I find control where I'm like, okay, so, you know, because I can't control everybody else. I don't know what everyone else is doing, but if I'm understanding and I'm intellectualizing and I'm trying to figure out my role in things, then I feel like I have a little bit more control of my scenario. So I think it's really healthy for us to find and take responsibility for our role in things. So we can often really be good at identifying imperfections in our partners or in our bosses or in our friends. And we really have this belief with the wall theory or sometimes with boundaries that we need to train them, that we need to insulate ourselves from anyone hurting us or 
um, being impacted by them and their actions. So how can we really work from a place of more confidence, more belief in ourselves, and not where we're like insulating, closing our heart, closing our openness, and closing our auric field so that we're protecting from someone hurting ourselves. So we're doing boundaries, 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 and these boundaries are really just walls. All of us have our own unique set of defense strategies that we really believe are boundaries. For a lot of people, this could be complete avoidance or ghosting, or it could be sabotaging. It could be manipulation. It could be like, you know what? I'm just being honest. And you're sort of just kind of like vomiting on someone and not really engaging in a conversation at all, but like being defensive and reactionary. So when we attempt to protect ourselves, when we're attempting and believing that we can protect ourselves, we use these strategies, which we label as boundaries. And we try to not either love them as much. We try to withhold love or not need people as much. You know, this happens a lot in dating when we feel like we're hurt or going to be hurt. And we also try and not have expectations or needs of people. This is what I would do a lot is not have expectations or need of people. And we try to not show them vulnerability because clear, honest communication would be vulnerable. We could also maybe try to lure them into codependency through our manipulation. So in the dating scenario that I gave, you might try to manipulate them and be like, you know, kind of play the victim where you're like, I'm so scared that you're cheating on me. You know, please prove that you're cheating on me. And then you're kind of like making them feel bad because you feel bad. And then you're kind of in this weird manipulative situation where you're not really being truthful, but you're sort of using your victimhood as a way to gain power. So in a lot of cases, the boundary is really a way to keep distance between the self and others. So how are you trying to keep distance between yourself and other people? And it really importantly places a requirement on someone being a certain way. So in the scenario where I had someone place a boundary on me, what was most hard is that I wasn't aware of the way that this person wanted me to be. I know that there was distance created between myself and this person, obviously. But what was hard is there was no conversation. There was no engagement between, hey, this really triggered me when you did this. I really have this wound that I really want to work on. But for now, it feels good for us to be engaging at this distance. I had no idea. I was not let in on the reasoning behind it. So it really required me to be in a place where I felt lost and confused. And really felt like, okay, now what's going to happen? What sort of thing is going to trigger a boundary? And you don't want people in your life or in your relationships to not know where they stand or where you stand or have clear understandings of, of what your boundaries are. So we can really get frustrated when boundaries don't work. I think this is another thing where people are like, they're not respecting my boundaries. But the truth is that you know these defense strategies that people use masked as boundaries only work so far that they really protect us from having to feel the truest cause of our pain and insecurities. So if we're in the situation with the person dating and we have this deep fear that they might be cheating on us, and then we're like, you know what? You're never going to do that to me again because that one night, that was just disrespectful. And actually there's pain there that needs to be felt. There's an insecurity that you have about your relationship or about the way that you're engaging with a partner which is normal and beautiful. And how can you let that person in on that instead of just putting up the wall? 
So these defensive strategies of walls really don't work because they don't make love feel any safer. They don't make things any better. And they really just promote more pain or more conflict and more disconnection from the self and one's partner. And back to the Hills example, obviously, absolute disaster of communication and conversation. I really want, sometimes I just, I'll get into this scenario where I'm so into philosophy and I'm so intellectual and in my head that I'm like, I need to just like become an earthling. And so I'll watch like the Hills or like Peaky Blinders or like Workaholics or like Nathan for you. And I'll just like binge it. I'm like, wow, I'm back to earth. So in this scenario of the Hills, these strategies are really just causing more and more pain, more and more loneliness, more and more isolation, and more and more disconnection from themselves because they're not understanding their self-abandoning and then also the other person. And they also, the most importantly, these type of defense strategies that are masked as boundaries really make us believe that the problem is our partner or the problem is the world or the problem is our family and not us. And they really put us in a place where all of the control is not within ourselves. I think what's really important and why I'm so passionate about this is because a lot of these defense mechanisms or these strategies masked as boundaries really make us believe that love is dangerous and that love is something that's going to hurt. And it's not love that hurts. You know, it's all the other things. It's our blocking from love. So we act on these defenses and our partner responds in a negative way and we feel even more hurt and scared. And then we continue to believe love sucks as an example. So when in fact love doesn't harm us, it's really the fear that harms us. And to overcome any tendency that any of you have to use defense strategies in the place where we might benefit from using boundaries, we must really face our own fears and insecurity. This is where shadow work is important. This is where therapy is important. This is where internal family systems has been incredibly helpful for me. Um, You could do psychedelic therapy, whatever works for you and is best for you. You must really look at you in every scenario. Like, ooh, I am absolutely out of my mind triggered and I'm wanting to put up a boundary with this person. What's happening here? How can I look at what this is bringing up for me and really see like, hey, is a conversation about, you know, the way in which our boundary is going to evolve appropriate? Or is this really a defense mechanism because I feel scared? So really to face this fear and insecurity, we really must overcome this phobic response that we have to encountering, feeling, and processing through our fear and insecurity. So it oftentimes comes to and results in us not wanting to feel our feelings, not wanting to be with the hurt or the pain or the grief. And so the defense mechanisms make us think that we're avoiding it. And I think this really is, for most of us, it involves facing and taking responsibility for a lot of core beliefs and traumas that we have around our own unworthiness or our own fear. So once we really learn to be present with our feelings, be present with our emotions, to look at our responsibility in things, to process fear and insecurity, then the goal is to cease the need to fearfully protect ourselves and naturally begin to set healthy boundaries rather than employ these defensive strategies. Because when we naturally set boundaries, we need we drop the need to control others and make ourselves feel better. 
we really drop the need to control and we're able to be in this really confident, beautiful place. We can also respect others and their unique path of healing, their processes, and we can tolerate their differences and feelings. We can tolerate them wanting something different or having different needs or having different perspectives. And we don't really need to feel threatened by navigating the complexities and disappointments of intimacy. So then we are not disappointed by someone having a different perspective as us or someone letting us down or someone not showing up for us in the way that we wanted them to. We're able to just be with the nuance of relationships. If I had a clothing merch brand, it would be called Nuance and I'd have like really dope hoodies that like just said nuance because nuance is the name of the game, baby. Or if I had like a yacht, it would be called Nuance because Nuance is the name of the game. And only after we've really felt our feelings, we've taken responsibility, we've worked through our role in things, and we've felt enough love for ourselves that we can be in healthy relationship is when we know that true, safe, secure love can exist. So that means this person, person one, is being their complete whole self. They had their own unique set of experiences, their own unique healing path, their own journey, their own perspectives as do you, and then you can be in relationship to one another without the need to control and without the fear of being let down or being disappointed or being hurt. So it's not that boundaries are bad, but boundaries that are really just walls disguised as defense mechanisms, these really keep us from the true connection that we desire and true vulnerability and truly being seen. So some things to think about. When are you setting boundaries as a reaction? So when have you set boundaries as a reaction? Have you clearly communicated your expectations or desires? Are you scared, angry, or vengeful when communicating your boundaries? Importantly, have you checked in with your nervous system? That's a whole nother podcast, y'all. Nervous system and boundaries, baby. Are you setting boundaries when you're in fight or flight? which is the nervous system thing. So making sure that you're checked in and you feel like you're in a regulated nervous system. So will you follow through with the consequences of violating the boundaries you set? I think this is huge. Oftentimes when people are setting up walls or defense mechanisms and then they're not following through hmm, with the consequences, hmm, that is coming from an unworthy place. And there's also how intimate Or how alone do you feel with the people in your life? So some recommendations I have for setting boundaries and not walls would be to first consider the timing. So have you just been triggered? Have you not been doing your self-care? Have you not had a lot of sleep? Have you been drinking? (laughs) Are you under the influence? Has the person that you're in relationship with, what's going on in their life? How can you consider timing in the scenario, giving them a break, giving yourself a break, giving their situation a break, giving yours a break. How can you consider timing when you are putting healthy boundaries up? Or how can you consider timing if you may have put up a wall? Make sure to consider your nervous system. So most of the time we are putting up a defense mechanism or wall if we have a unregulated nervous system and we are in fight or flight. This is obvious. We are scared. We want to run. We want to hide. We might die from a nervous system perspective. So we usually put up these walls because we think in our minds it will control us from being hurt or, you know, 
dying in that case of the really heightened nervous system. Evaluate your patterns. Know thyself. Evaluate your patterns in life. Do you notice that something is coming up a lot? Do you notice that there is a situation where, you know, the same type of things are presenting themselves to you? Do you have a lot of people violating your boundaries? Do you have a lot of situations where you're having to, you know, get mad and angry at people for violating boundaries that they weren't aware of? There could be a lot of different situations. So how can you evaluate your patterns? How can you be kind and clear in your delivery? Brene Brown says, clear is kind. How can you be really kind and clear and open in your delivery? How can you be regulated and open in your delivery? This is very, very important. And this is really, I think, one of the biggest differences between boundaries and walls, addressing and engaging with feedback. So for my situation with the person that set a boundary with me, it would have felt so much better to address and engage with feedback so that we both could really understand you know, the ways that our relationship has changed. So if you're setting a boundary, you are able to address and engage with feedback. So if someone's like, okay, you're not wanting me to email you past 7 p.m., you know, can I ask a few questions? And you could say, sure. And they're saying, okay, what about in this scenario where this client wants to know this? Or what about if there's an emergency? Or what about if we have, you know, something that's due that's, you know, we're kind of late on. So that would be a situation where you would engage in a dialogue or conversation about specific scenarios to make both people in the relationship more clear and understanding of the boundaries. Addressing and engaging with feedback is so important. It makes the other person feel heard and seen. It makes you feel heard and seen. And it actually builds that new level of openness and intimacy where you both have a new understanding of how you're going to engage in the relationship. So again, we're all about an open heart. We're all about you finding ways to be more seen, be more heard, be more loved in your relationships in your life. And my deep desire and intention is for you to have true intimacy with others, to allow other people to see your messy, open-hearted self and to allow yourself be seen and loved just as you are, and to get all you want out of life. I'm so grateful I got to do this with you. I got to have this conversation with you. It was so much fun. I've been thinking about it for a long time. So if you loved this episode, I would love if you shared it with a friend. That's how we've grown almost 30 over the past six years. And I would also love if you'd rate and review. Almost 30 is a podcast that is for free every single week. So it means a lot if you rate and review. You can also check out Morning Microdose. So Morning Microdose is a podcast that we did that basically is between five to 10 minutes long. And it is quotes and excerpts and clips from our podcast over the past, you know, six years. It's the best of the best. So we wanted people to be able to start their mornings with some inspiration, with some motivation. It has no ads, no intro, no outro, no, it has music, but it's like really chill music. So you can just kind of get your hit of inspiration, motivation, and insight every single day with morning microdose. That's a new one that I love. Almost30.com for all information about the show, for our courses and programs, for Podcast Pro, Almost 30 podcast on TikTok and Instagram. Make sure to follow us there. And then I would really love to connect with you. It's at It's Krista. It's I-T-S-K-R-I-S-T-A. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. I would love to engage in conversation on this episode. And if you want more from us or from me, you can join our membership. So you can go to almost30.com to join our membership where we connect monthly with our amazing community and members. And we connect in person like at our event in December in Malibu, which is going to be incredible. Thank you for being with me on this journey. I really appreciate you. I love you so much. And I will see you on the next one. Bye-bye.